Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Uh, welcome back to the show. I've got special guest Jen Bradbury back on the show today. Jen is a resident of Chicago, so I was curious, Jen, where is the best place to get a slice of pizza in Chicago, in your opinion? <laughs> you ask the divisive question for all <laughs> Chicagoans everywhere. Uh, yep. So I have two answers to this. Oh. So if I want thin crust, I actually love my local neighborhood Baroni's pizza. Um, But if I go for thick crust, I'm going to Gino's every time. Oh, Gino's East. Yeah. Gino's East. Yep. That's the one. It is Mm. delicious. They have this incredible Mm. crust and cheese. It is mm, yummy, yummy. Don't even get me started. I will start a pizza podcast. Okay. I just love. (laughs) <laughs> deep dish Chicago style pizza. My favorite oh. is uh, Giordano's all the way. Mm. And the stuffed crust version, Heather, from Giordano's? Don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'll never stop talking about it. That's what I'm saying. Like this whole podcast episode will just be a podcast episode about pizza. You'll just never get me to stop talking about it. Yes, <laughs> the deep dish where it's like stuffed and they put the crust on top with more sauce on top. Oh, yes, yes, it is Jesus. very good. Every time I have a slice, I'm like, Jesus is coming back. He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, but hey, so hopefully y'all agree that, uh, but some some people don't like pizza, which is kind of a strange thing, but you never know. Um, fully agree. You might it like, you might like uh, Giordano's or Gino's East or that other thin crust one that you talked about, but... <laughs> Uh, so today we're continuing the conversation about uh, character growth in young people. And uh, man, this is so important, uh, such an important conversation to have. And we had such a great conversation last time. I would encourage you all to check out that first episode. Um, but uh, today we're going to talk about um, what the book talks about is this principle of practicing together. And um Ray Vanderlaan says that uh, this, he says, Jewish rabbis are widely known for preparing their students well. And Jesus was just like that. He talked to them. He had demonstrated things to them and he even sent them out. And so obviously um, one of our rabbi's goals was to prepare his Talmud, his students, his learners to go out and to be teachers, to grab their own pack of disciples and send out those disciples to go and continue to carry on their rabbi's teaching and to continue to carry on their rabbi's understanding of the kingdom of God and how to apply the Torah to daily life. And so um, this is an important principle rooted in uh, all of our biblical history. And it's an important principle that you all outlined uh, in your book as well. And I really like this quote um, there that you've talked about a church who was kind of reimagining youth ministry. And it says another church in our research reimagined their ministry philosophy and now operates from the belief that youth ministry is youth doing ministry. Um, and I love that is, uh, and, and, you know, I like that too, because it kind of goes back on um, another Fuller Youth Institute book, um, Growing Young and talked about teaching leadership and the importance of passing on leadership to young people. 
And, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting connection that y'all are making that it's actually growing character to do this as well. So, um, yeah, so let's talk about that. How is that growing character in young people to practice together with them? And um, what is it that we can do as youth leaders to kind of really uh, capitalize that reality? Yes, such great questions, Heather. And I also love that you brought in growing young because we always talk about how our research is cumulative and it builds off of one another, right? And so when we see these threads come together, we're like, of course it matters when you practice together. We already knew that. We saw that from keychain leadership. And what we saw in this research was that in order for character to actually form deep faith in young people, it's got to go beyond the walls of the youth room or the church or wherever you are meeting at. And one of the best ways to do that is to practice together. So to live it out, Mm -hmm. to figure out what does it mean for us to go out and to practice what we have actually been talking about this week together. And so in some ways, Heather, we compare it to the idea of exercising, that you exercise in order to build up that muscle memory so that your body knows what to do so that you get healthy, right? In the same way with faith, we want to go out and we want to take what we've been learning about, what's in our head and our hearts, and we want to translate it to our hands and our feet. And so one of the great ways that we saw people in our research study, because this book is based on research, uh, do that was through student leadership, through keychain leadership, through the idea of how do we not just talk at people, but involve them in ministry. And in some places that we visited and that we talked with, uh, that looked like uh, like going out and serving together, whether that was on mission trips or you know local service opportunities. In some places, that meant that kids, uh, that young people, were super involved in the day to day life of the congregation. So, for example, in one of the churches that I visited, it was an inner city church in Boston. And the during the pandemic, as we all did, uh, this church pivoted, and then they pivoted again. And one of the things that ended up happening was that they saw when they did worship online, that the typical 15 to 20 minute sermon was just not engaging people. And that people were essentially dropping off. And so they were like, what do we do differently? Uh, And the young people in that congregation had been involved in a youth ministry that was super discussion oriented. And so they were like, what if we actually started having discussions as part of Sunday worship? And so they actually (laughs) convinced the senior pastor, who was also the person who was leading youth group, that this was a great idea. And she scaled back the scope of her sermons and started actually mixing people up in small groups on Zoom and providing them with just three simple questions that they'd go and talk about. And the congregation loved that so much that when the church started meeting again in person, they continued the practice. So, you know, the week that I was there, it was Palm Sunday and the senior pastor gave a short message and then discussion questions projected on the screen And everybody just moved around. It was a very traditional sanctuary with pews, uh, and all of a sudden people mixed it up. And what struck me as the researcher in the midst was that 
the young people didn't gravitate towards each other. They gravitated towards these older people because over the course of the weeks and the months that they had been doing this, they got to know them. And so that sense of now we're not just practicing together with people our own age, but we're practicing together intergenerationally of talking about how are we going to actually go out and live this out uh, became so important, not just for them, but for the older people who also saw that they were learning from the younger people in their sure. midst. Sure. Yeah. So the the kind of breaking the barrier with what that pastor did was create opportunity for the whole church to get to know each other and yep. to feel like they were a part of the Sunday morning service, which I think sometimes can be a little bit of a breakdown um, when it's like just the people who are paid who are kind of like leading the worship and giving the message and that kind of thing, we can oftentimes feel like we're just um, maybe a participant, but not an active participant. And so that is really, uh, that is helpful in thinking about, you know, ways in which we can kind of engage our youth to go beyond participant to active participant to, no, you have a voice in this body and it's important to us. And we want to do life with you. Um, as we practice together. So any other um, helpful uh, things that your research showed? Yeah, absolutely, Heather. So another related one, and we saw this particularly in places uh, that were not dominated by white people, but that were minority led. Um, The practice of testimony being super important to how we practice Mm -hmm. together. And so that idea of how do we make space to come together and tell stories of how God is at work in our lives, not just five years ago, but today and this week, and how do we give one another hope in that space? And again, that's something that Jesus did all the time too, right? Like they shared stories. Uh, And so that was something that we saw people do in large group kind of whole church settings, but we also saw uh, youth groups who started using that really just within the youth ministries as another way of practicing together of this idea that the more we talk about what we believe, the more that we actually equip ourselves to go out and live what we're talking about, uh, and that yeah. there's kind of a cycle that ends up happening. Uh, and then the holistic engagement of teenagers is another really important piece of the practicing together. And um, that sometimes, uh, sometimes I think we get trapped with this idea that faith is really all about what we know. It's about the knowledge base, even though Jesus so clearly <laughs> says that it's not right. But practicing together really becomes the embodiment of what are we doing to go and to live it. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. justice work, uh, I mentioned service before, but justice work was another piece that, that we saw across the country in every denomination in churches of all sizes um, and all political affiliations, right? It looked very different, uh, but that that idea of our faith compels us that when we see a need, we meet the need. And how do we do that in a way that reflects back to Jesus? Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, a rabbi's highest goal was Torah embodiment. One of the highest goals, it was to Mm -hmm. their life embodied what they believed that Mm -hmm. how God's word was supposed to be applied in daily life. And then their disciples were expected to kind of carry on their rabbi's interpretation 
And so we see this often within the Gospels, right, where Jesus has a conversation with some folks and, and they say, well, who is my neighbor? And, and Jesus yeah. offers his embodiment of, of who, you, who you're supposed to love and to what extent. And, you know, when we practice together, um, we experience those things together of, well, who's my neighbor, right? Justice work. And, and to what extent do I love them? And, you know, <laughs> little do we know it, we're, we're really teaching the principles of Jesus when we're simply serving the poor or serving the disenfranchised. You know, Jesus's ministry, uh, for the most part, was very focused on uh, serving the, the the working poor of uh, yeah. the country, the, the Amha'aretz, the people of the land, if you will. And many of his parables, they were the highlights of this, uh, they were the heroes of the story. Um, and uh, Jesus, in many ways, uh, models practicing togetherness um, by uh, simply embodying love for those who need it most. Right. And, and so I hear you saying that as you're um, sharing kind of what was most transformational for character growth in young people, but, you know, as you're sharing and you know, this, right, you worked in youth ministry for a long time and there's always that um, tendency for kids who involve themselves in mission trips and retreats and things like that and service opportunities to kind of get stuck on the camp high or get stuck on the mission trip high. And it's, more about the feeling than it is about anything else. And so, you know, did your research maybe talk about or look at how you bridge the gap between kids who actually did experience character growth over kids who just experienced a, um, maybe a Jesus high, so to speak? Yeah. What a great question, Heather. Uh, So one of the ministries that was involved in this research uh, is actually called Yes, uh, and they are a mission trip organization based out of the Orthodox tradition. And we learned a lot when we went and visited this this service organization, this mission organization. So they are really unique in that they really, the focus of their experiences is not on what gets done during the week. It's on what gets done after a kid gets home. And what we saw in doing that is a lot of ways to break down the sort of how do we get it from just being a Jesus high to an actual thing that goes home and is transformational. And part of that, Heather, goes into the the next compass point in the book, which is making meaning. And we often talk about practicing together and making meaning as being two, two sides of a coin, right? That when we go out and practice together, that a critical piece to actually building character is to process. It's the making meaning part. It's through making meaning that we actually teach kids how to integrate their faith with their lived experiences. And so that element of it's not just enough to go out and serve and feel good about it. Like people get helped and that's great, right? But that if we actually want the character formation, we have to be asking what did you see? What bothered you? What did you learn? Where did you encounter God? What was hard? What are the places where you feel like you saw people doing things that were opposite of the character that we want to live out? 
what were those moments when your character was really tested? Because that's part of the beauty of practicing together too. Kids learn how to be people of character when they're put in situations that are challenging, that actually test their character. Uh, And so when we can not only put them in that situation, but then help them understand what happened and learn from it through the making together, those are the moments that really form the long-term character. So kind of having an ongoing conversation with a young person after the experience that helps them unpack maybe what they experienced when they were uh, on that mission trip and when they were dealing with these experiences with whoever it was that they were having these experiences with uh, to um, you know be challenged to take their faith beyond that mission trip experience. Yeah. And to even take it one step further, right? It's not, yes, the conversation is good. But also the, what are we going to do with this now? So I learned this because of that experience. So what does that mean for me when I'm on the soccer field or I'm on the stage, um, when a coach is yelling at me or when I miss a score, right? How is that going to shape how I respond in those moments? And, and again, influence my character. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Well, Jen, this has been another great conversation to get us thinking about how we can form character in young people by simply practicing togetherness. And I'm sure I would encourage people to pick up the book as it offers a lot of really great suggestions on how to do that and how to take um, forming character in young people to the next level. And so Jen, um, if I'm ever in Chicago, we're going to go to Geno's East. Okay. How's that sound? (laughs) That sounds amazing. I would even settle for Giordano's with you, Heather. <laughs> Perfect. I would even go to Lou Malnati's. I'd even go there. So, <laughs> hey, If we have anybody listening out there that uh, is a Chicago pizza person, definitely let us know where you get your slice. Okay. So, um, again, uh, definitely pick up the book, uh, Faith Beyond Youth Group, Five Ways to Form Character and Cultivate Lifelong Discipleship. I'll have links in the show notes for where you can pick that up. And thanks again, Jen, and all the great folks at the Fuller Youth Institute for your work and helping youth leaders uh, grow as disciple makers. So we appreciate you. And thanks for joining us for this episode. Bye. Thanks for having me, Heather.